Shopify presents Cool Sheets from Aha to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Is your main event, March Podcast on the Unhinged Sports Network. I am lifelong wrestling fan, horror radio guy, and cat dad, Troy. With me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Steve to my Tracy. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? You really could not have done any better, so okay, cool. What's up? <laughs> well, every time, I go with, every time I go with a good one, you're like, well, you can't be that. So I... <laughs> Nothing not, good. Nothing good about this. Show. Anyways, <laughs> well, you're you're one of one of the Armstrong brothers, and I'm uh, Freddie Joe Floyd. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that Tracy's hey, brother's hey, job I, name? I, I, I wanted to be the white guy. Yeah, the white guy. As if this show wasn't full of them. Uh, well, except Freddie for one Joe particular Joe Floyd, match. dude. Come on, that's the whitest name that ever ever. Yeah, yeah the whitest name that ever whited. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> But this show, man, uh, we are talking about a show with a pretty con- confusing, convoluted story to the to the main event that I not to spoil anything or jump ahead, but I thought was really good, but probably didn't draw at all. And if it did, it was very small. So you what you're of, saying is people should take an aspirin right now. Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff to talk about on this show. That is for sure. 
And we'll talk about all the names on the show. We're talking about Super Brawl, by the way, if you're just randomly clicking around. You didn't read the description. (laughs) This is the first Super Brawl, the only Super Brawl to take place in May, by the way. And, uh, hey, happy May. We are are here. It is the Revenge of the Fifth as of the dropping of this. Yesterday was May the 4th, be with you. So, uh, you know, we uh, we don't have Star Wars, but we have... uh, a way past time America versus Jap- Japan war. Oh, oh way. man. Yeah. This was like, I don't know. They, they were still going with the whole, all them darn evil Japanese coming over to take our titles and bring them back to their, to their home country. It's like, you know, this is 91, right? Not like 41, 51. Yeah, uh, you're talking new, but yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into uh, who is booking this this here show here in a few. But yeah, anyway, uh, I wanted to let let you all know that uh, we are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. Links are down in the description. More about them in the breaks. But uh, as far as Fubo TV, they'll help you cut the cord and you get a bunch of cool stuff, over 100 channels in your area and all that that you choose. No early cancellation fees. You can sign up for free today and Fanatics especially with the NFL draft wrapping up. You can get all of your new stuff for your favorite teams or your new guys or whatever. I'm sure it's all on there. And if it's not, it will be in short order. So you picking up any new stuff this uh, football season, Greg? Of course. Probably yeah. Get a jersey or a shirt slash jersey of our new, uh, one of our new guys. I don't know which one yet, though. <laughs> Here's my thing. I'm finally... This season, I'm probably going to buy a Baker Mayfield jersey. The reason why I hesitated was because every time I've ever bought a jersey for anybody, they're gone within a year. <laughs> every I got a feeling time. this one might be a safe buy. Yeah, that's why I, I, I waited it out. I'm like, I'm going to see if he sticks. And it's like, okay, knock on wood, I'm, I think I'm safe. Yeah, but either way, if you want all that stuff, and even past football and baseball, they, they've got a ton of stuff, ML, or NBA NHL, PGA, NASCAR, it's all on there. Hats. Ooh, NASCAR. Then wear your shirt while going in a, in a circle. <laughs> well, yeah. We're going to get into our first break. When we come back, we're going to be diving into the news and notes here. If this is your first time listening, first of all, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Subscribe and review, please, if you like what you hear. Leaving a review gets us seen by more people, which gets us heard by more people. Uh, so that definitely helps out. But if this is your first time listening, we cover the news and notes from like a two week or around the month span of when the show is taking place. We do that first to kind of get your mind in the uh, in the mode for covering the show that we're going to cover in long form. And I don't know, it's helped Greg and I out a lot. I've heard a lot of people say they weren't excited about the the particular show we were going to cover until we got into the news. And then they were like, OK, I, I'm hooked. So. Maybe you will the be show too. is just extra to me now. Yeah. I mean, the news and notes is fun. And a lot of this is like, I try to weed through. It's like, well, this was going to happen, but, you know, plans changed. <laughs> but sometimes I leave some of that <laughs> stuff in there. <laughs> I leave some of that stuff in there just so we can rag on how stupid the rumor mill was at that time period. But we'll get into all that right after this first break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd absolutely stunned! Enjoy! Thanks. Order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. News and notes time from early, or excuse me, I think uh, late May. What what date is this? I'm uh, mid May of uh, 1991. This first story, uh, we're we're getting into the WWF stuff first. Sports Illustrated had a story on the WWF back in March, and no one in mainstream media really cared. Basically, Vince McMahon had sent his PR people to the magazine to produce what Phil Mushnick, our favorite Mushnick, of the New York York Post called a, quote, six-page puff piece, end quote. Uh, You were a little young for Sports Illustrated in 91, uh, I assume. (laughs) Some seven? Yeah. 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 So I assume you never saw this article. Nope. I mean, in uh, I can imagine. I can imagine what dipshit said. Um, yeah, Phil Mushnick is uh, something else, man. He's worse than Meltzer. Think about that. Well, the thing is, he's not like a rumor guy. He's a uh, just like crap on WWF guy. Like good, bad, or indifferent, he will crap on the WWF. And we've found out in recent weeks uh, that. It's not just he craps on the WWF. It's if somebody else craps on the WWF, he'll come behind them and go, you didn't do a good enough job. Here's more crap. <laughs> like, that's pathetic. He had, Basically, this guy has no life. I still maintain he tried out for wrestling one time and failed, and now he's, like, mad. Oh, man. Maybe Vince McMahon made a pass at his mother or something. I, I don't know. Because this was just... He had, like, an axe to grind. I mean, he went after WCW, too, so he was an equal opportunity crap giver. But WWF was his main target. But yeah, then again... The, yeah, the, well, of course it was, because he was picking on the top dog. Well, when like, if it was to happen nowadays, you, if, like, something like this happened nowadays, do you really think anybody would mention AEW, honestly? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not I mean, going to happen. If they were going to go into the blood and guts aspect of it, I mean, you can't really attack WWE for that, so they would most likely... They would start off talking about AEW, and then they would use that as a referendum to attack WWE for some reason. 
that's usually the way it goes. And I mean, that's in the, the late, way in the mid to late nineties, he did like, apparently this guy frequently wrote stuff either to or about Ted Turner, like telling him he's promoting smut on his channels and, and he's him and his organization are uh, leading to the downfall of America and blah, 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 blah. <sighs> you know, because I watch oh, a damn new news channel and see every politician ever. There's your downfall. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, because, you know, I I tuned into Nitro a couple of times. And, uh, you know, next thing I know, I was, you know, I had a rap sheet a mile long. Made me want to <laughs> go out and be a retrobate. Well, nowadays it's because of Grand Theft Auto Five, as we all know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that was late nineties stuff 90s too. I think. Too, I think. A lot. A lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of politicians lot of went after that. You actually it was usually the wives of politicians that went after Grand Theft Auto. But either way, uh, as it turns out, NBC and the WWF have parted ways. WWF is already negotiating elsewhere for the main event. Where elsewhere is somewhere that's not Fox, ABC, NBC, or CBS. Spoiler, it does go to Fox. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, apparently, the slaughter angle on the February show is what did them in for good, with bad press and low ratings driving them off the network what as was well. This again? Do you know? Because they do uh, like four or five. I would assume this is him burning the Hulkamania shirt. I could be wrong, but. That's the only one I can remember that was like it like really that stood out. On Superstar, so maybe I just, well I don't know what it was. I mean obviously it was the him and Iran or him and the Iranian. Uh, is it when he thing. said that the soldiers over the American soldiers were over there eating sand or something like that? Uh, I I don't Actually, know. That might have been serious. I don't know what the hell it was now. Now I'm wondering. Yeah, let's see. Uh, we're gonna assume that it was just him showing up on Superstar or uh, excuse me on. Saturday night's main event wearing the uh, beret and the Iraqi flag on his uh, on his get up and all that. So I, that's got to be it. I don't know. But either way, uh, as well. The, I think uh, that the, it, there's more there. Like maybe they wanted him off because they were taking rings or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, as well, the main guys who were in charge of NBC during the glory days, Brandon Tartikoff and Dick Ebersol are now out of power. And that's how the TV business goes. So there you go. I think once Tartikoff went, that's when Saved by the Bell went. <laughs> oh, really? I think so. Wow. I can't believe uh, that was a big ratings get, wasn't it? That was one of their biggest ones, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it's like you can't believe you got to wonder. It's like why they kicked it off. Well, either way, there's uh, yeah. And like you said, they would land on Fox later on. So but uh, anyway, to move on here, uh, WrestleMania 8 is officially booked for the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis for April of 1992. We covered that one uh, a couple of months ago, now in the archives. Go check it out. A very hidden classic. Yeah, it was the Macho Flair Affair, and it was the show where the main event was not the world title match. It was Hulk Hogan versus Sid Justice. <laughs> With a, spoiler, DQ finish, but way which to this day is still baffling to me but whatever to this day is the only match in wrestlemania or the only main event in wrestlemania history to end in a dq as far as i know for the love of god let it be the only one yeah what a satisfying end to wrestlemania right <laughs> well i mean it did have the warrior coming back and all that so there's that but i'm not excusing it 
Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't just the DQ, and oh, you win by DQ, that's it. So there's that. So in my opinion, Macho and Flair should have closed the damn show. But I don't know. I know Hulk is Hulk, but <sighs> Hulk must pose, Warrior must run, dude. Come on. <laughs> Here's uh, kind of a sad story. I mean, it is a sad story, but I'll see if you remember who this guy is when I when I mention it. Frankie Williams who was involved in the famous angle with Roddy Piper years ago, where Roddy called him a jobber. They got into a legit fight. Uh, <laughs> he died from lung cancer. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I'd never heard of him, honestly. Did you ever Did you ever see that, epi- that, that episode of Piper's Pit? It was like a big famous thing where... Oh, is that the one where he... Um... He knocked over. The, was he like a kind of an overweight guy with a mustache and he's sitting he there with looked, no shirt on? Yeah, he looked like he could be somebody's plumber. Okay. And, and I remember and, his face. I remember that. Yeah, he's got a mustache. Yeah. yeah. And he'd been a jobber forever. And Piper legit. I think he called him a jobber or something like that on the show and or called him a loser. And Frankie like kept trying to grab the mic and he was like firing back at Piper. Piper got pissed at him and he started beating him up and he threw him off set. And the guy came back, and Piper beat his ass again. <laughs> I got no room for nobody. You got no room for nobody. That's a wonderful thing. You got no room for nobody, but you're a lousy wrestler. It's as simple as that. I might be a lousy wrestler, but I'm still in there. I got not to pay you nobody. Piper having away. Were they trying to do some of them, or was no? He was just pissed because Piper, uh, I guess Piper, you know, quote unquote, went off script on him and called him a called him a chopper. Wow. Yeah. So Piper going off script I mean crazy in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's like, dude, you are a jobber. It just own up to it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, fire back some jer- some barbs, whatever. But especially when he's like beating your ass and he throws you off set. Don't come back for round two. Oh, a real man would. Yeah. And then Piper beat his ass again. Speaking of real men, Rick Rude supposedly has a release from his WWF contract that allows him to work anywhere he wants, as long as it's not WCW. Hmm. Well, that would work. Yeah. When did he pop up in WCW? Uh, I I know he was there in 92. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know when exactly in WCW. Yeah, I'm trying to follow here. I, they said he was freelance in 91. Uh, he popped up yeah, the in 91 in WCW. He popped up. Oh, he was at Halloween Havoc uh, 91. Oh, yeah. As the Phantom. Right. Yep. Yes. Okay. Now I got it. Back yep. on track. I, mean, I was hell yep. blanking there. I'm like. Whoa. Right. <laughs> ah, gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, according to Uncle Dave Meltzer, Steve Kern is I don't definitely. Care. He's definitely uh, Steve Kern is definitely going to debut in the WWF as quote the Gator Man. Hell yeah, Skinner. <laughs> well, he was wrong about the name, but close enough, I guess. He would always speculate about these names. Oh, he's going to be this. That's like wrong. <sighs> I know I'm not shocked either, but you know whatever. Yeah, right. uh, and who wouldn't? Who can't? You know can forget Skinner, the Gator Man. Tito Santana will have some sort of new gimmick when he returns. Speaking mm, of uh, gimmicky names. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, man. He was at WrestleMania 8, too, in the opening match, I believe. Was he? Yeah, it was opening match with Sean, wasn't it? Yeah, underrated match. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, American tabloid TV show Hard Copy. You ever hear of that? Yes, I did. I never heard of that show. I used to watch it. 
Ah, well, it was probably before my time. I don't know. But anyway, uh, Hard Copy is going to do an expose on the Ultimate Warrior, accusing him of being a homosexual prostitute to make money for his wrestling career. Holy crap. Oh, my gosh. The WWF is just going to ignore it and hope it goes away, which I think it did. It did. I never heard anything. I never even knew this was a thing until you just said it, so. I mean, either. Like, really? Of all the things you can say about the Warrior, he was a homosexual prostitute to pay for his wrestling career. Like, <laughs> what? Oh, man. That's an off-the-wall one. Either way. Hey, here's a flashback to a show we did last summer. Herb Abrams taped... Uh, oh, good God. He taped TV in New York, setting up a five-hour TV taping, but the building kicked him out after three. <laughs> and Well, he probably had to go get his Coke fix anyway, so he didn't lose any sleep. Five-hour t- TV taping? Like, hot damn. I feel like, honestly, I feel like him, uh, Dynamite may be doing that right now. They're taping they, that ahead? Well, there's always uh, one in the can. There's one live, and then they do dark uh, and oh, dark gosh. elevation. So I'm assuming it's up there. Wow. So. Yeah, they, so they could be doing like six hours. That's yeah. like a WrestleMania. Yeah. But, oh, gosh. Yeah, that's horrible. I, I don't know how you keep people engaged that long, but especially to the UWF product. Gosh. Well, with all anyway. those titles, there's a guaranteed title change on every show, probably. Yeah. Well, it gets uh, this goes on. Cactus Jack and Paul Orndorff both told Herb before the show that they were booked elsewhere in Philadelphia later that night, so they needed to be done early in the first hour so that they could get going on time. Herb told them to show up at 7, and they didn't actually start until an hour later, and they both left early. Also on the show, Steve Williams worked a bizarre match with Steve Ray that apparently turned into a shoot with Williams busting Ray up and throwing him into the ring steps violently, (sighs) busting him open hard way. (laughs) Ray actually was so pissed at the situation that he took a swing at Abrams at ringside on the way back to the dressing room. Wow. All right, lots to unpack here. I am not shocked whatsoever that he told Orndorff and Cactus Jack the wrong time. Yeah, right. Like, that doesn't, like, I don't even kind of question that. The Steve Ray, uh, Steve Williams thing. For those who want to go back in the archives, we covered UWF's Blackjack Brawl 94. Steve Ray thought he was like. There's a lot of laughing, by the way, if you go back and watch that. So, oh, there is, work. yeah. Yeah, the show sucked. Our podcast, I thought, was pretty entertaining. It was actually one of my uh, my favorites that we ever recorded. Uh, I just don't all... think two grown laughing that much but we were at, at, let me rephrase two girl mentioned me laughing that much at somebody who's no longer with us but yeah you gotta hear well, why i don't think we're yeah. much laughing at him but uh. and, and there's an episode of uh dark side of the ring in season two on uh herb abrams go check that out that's a, a nice great companion piece. piece of that right yeah it was very cool uh but this steve ray like thought he was Shawn michaels or something so <laughs> you put that in your mind. Nobody gave a damn. He thought he was Shawn Michaels. He was not. I'll just say that. He was not. And Steve Williams, I know you're not a big fan of him, but he was a tough SOB. Why would you ever test that guy? Oh, to be fair, Bart Gunn tested him. <laughs> yeah, well, Bart Gunn was also another legit tough guy. <laughs> so 
and uh, and Steve was a little uh, past his prime at that point. So, but this was ninety one. Oh, I mean, to be fair, the guy was probably on drugs. I mean, he's Herb Abrams' guy, right? Yeah, not yeah. trying to be funny, but yeah, I don't motor, know. Motors doing it. Why the hell wouldn't you be doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This just uh, of all the guys I can think of to go against in the ring, like Steve Williams, uh, Meng, Barbarian, and you know. There are a few others, but those are the top three I can think of. Not to, you know, thou shalt not f with them in the ring. In life. Yeah, right. Well, speaking of UWF, Herb Abrams is actually going to proceed with his idea of running a pay-per-view on June 9th. The show is going to be in the 3,500-seat Manatee Civic Center in Palmetto, Florida, and will be brawl at the beach. So yeah, a mouthful there. Yeah. Isn't it that city again? Uh, Palmetto. That sounds so made up. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where the hell Palmetto is. Uh, it's fun. the the name of the venue sounds made up. Manatee Civic Center. <laughs> is that an animal? <laughs> yeah, the sea cow. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? And thirty five hundred seats. I mean, at least he was you know not overbooking it, but I mean thirty five hundred seats is still overbooking it. Oh gosh. And uh, and now Abrams announced a lineup for his <laughs> I'm dripping with sarcasm here. Good Lord, his, you can't even get it out. <laughs> I know he announced a lineup for his star studded pay-per-view spectacular, <laughs> <laughs> which will undoubtedly make total nonstop deletion look like WrestleMania X seven. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> where he accused the he accused the WWF and WCW by name of being, quote, a bunch of carbon copy cartoon promotions. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Hogan and Flair, he accused them of being paper champions. <laughs> uh, world. Yeah. Look, also, you know, it was going to have Sid on, I assume, right? Uh, this was pre-Sid. This was yeah. 91, so. Because this is when you would rather have a Sid shirt than a Nolan Ryan signed card, right? Oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> That's a reference back to the podcast, by the way. That was never going away. And I love Sid. You know that, but holy crap. I know. He's on the show, by the way. We'll talk about that. He's also claiming that the purse for the Steve Williams versus Bam Bam Bigelow main event will be in excesses of $1 million. Man, think of all the coke you can get with that. Uh, Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Sorry. But it really, he, I mean, I love, Steve Williams was fine. I love Bam Bam Bigelow. But you think those two are going to draw you a million dollars? I mean, for God's sake. Could Hulk Hogan even draw a million dollars? Uh, yes, he could. Him and, I think him and Flair are I mean, the at this only point, two. At this point, right now. In 91? Uh, I don't know, that's questionable. He was on a downward slope, but I don't know. Yeah, either way. Uh, moving on here, down in the Georgia All-Star promotion, someone named Van Hammer debuted. Oh, good is, God. Who is described as having the looks of Sid Vicious with Lex Luger's body. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> I can, I can, I guess I can see it. Lex Luger's body, though? I mean, yeah, he was built, but No. Just no. I just, I'm, I'm just saying, see what they're saying, but yeah, the hair for sure. But and Uncle Dave thinks that he can show Ultimate Warrior's stamina. <laughs> he has Ultimate Warrior's stamina and El Gigante's ring work. 
Good grief. <laughs> and he'll be a force to be reckoned with in the business. <laughs> was he being sarcastic or was he really praising Eligante's screen? No, he's being like, because he hates both of those guys. So he's crapping all over the, all over Van Hammer. Oh, man. Look, Van Hammer has a lot of personal demons that, you know, he's working through. But, you know, not to crap on the guy, but he sucked. Yeah, I try to find the good in people and every wrestler. <clears throat> excuse me, every wrestler, but never liked him. All right. Last WCW story I have, or the only WCW story I have. The crowd for the WWF show the night before Super Brawl was nearly identical to Super Brawls, with Warrior versus Undertaker drawing 5,100 and Super Brawl drawing 4,887 paid. Uh, however, a monsoon outside of the arena stalled walk-up traffic, and thus the show ended up short of a sellout. So, hmm. I don't know what show WWF would have been running before this. A taping or a yeah, house it's show? Be, it's got to be a taping or a house show, yeah. Yeah, because it's... They did this all the time in this era. It was always a pissing contest for a few years, 89 especially. But this one, that's pathetic. They drew 5,100 paid, and Super Brawl, a pay-per-view, drew under 4,900 paid. Yikes. Right. And there was a monsoon outside of the WWF show. Didn't Bruce Pritchard say, though, it was kind of taking a dip right here at this point? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who was the champ here? Was it Warrior? Oh. Hogan. Or, or no. Uh, yeah. Hogan and Slaughter and whatever. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, wait. No, this is WrestleMania 7 era? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So Hogan won it back from Slaughter? Yeah. Seven? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. This wasn't a great era. Either way. All right. Well, that's all the news and notes we have for today. The show we're about to talk about is pretty fun. The show itself is what it is but uh, some fun stuff to talk about we're going to take a quick break right here uh, just to let you know if you are not listening on the unhinged sports network we air at 8 p.m and 9 30 p.m eastern time every wednesday uh, pacific it is 5 p.m and uh, 6 30 p.m so check that out it's unhinged.airtime.pro every wednesday thursday it's 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Thank is you. the replay. And uh, if you are listening on the podcast feed, don't forget to subscribe and review. Again, if you want to listen live, it's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the show. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Roadcast. Roadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? 
Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slowly, mate. Take it easy. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back, and it's time for WCW Super Brawl 1. Took place on May 19th, 1991. The tagline, Return from the Rising Sun. The venue is the Bayfront Arena in St. Petersburg, Florida. The total attendance was 6,000. I already mentioned earlier it was uh, beneath 4,900, under 4,900 paid. So they papered a lot of it, apparently. And the pay-per-view buy rate was a 1.04, which amounted to 150,000 buys. Yeah, it's okay. I'm trying to remember if I watched this live. I don't know if I did. Were you actively watching WCW at this age? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I right. just don't know. I don't think I was watching the pay-per-views, but I was definitely watching it. As a kid, I, I mean, I know you probably just watched whatever they put on. But as a kid, I can't see anything on the show that would make you go, oh my god, I gotta tune in for that. I think we just watched them all, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's that. If you just watch them all, I get it. But it's like, if you're a, you know, if you're somebody that's like, I gotta see something I like to tune in, and you're, you said you're a seven here, yep. like, there, there's nothing on this card that they advertised that would have that would made you go, oh man, gotta tune in for that. Uh, hey, mom, dad, can you can you fork <laughs> over money for this? Right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of uh, not seeing anything on this card that uh, anybody gives a crap about, recording artist Randy Brown starts this off by singing America the Beautiful. Who they? I will say this. I literally can't find anything about this woman online anywhere. Well, you just threw him for a loop and told me she was a woman. <laughs> no. Yeah, well... I looked I up. I read that twice. I'm like, this, okay, is that a typo? Yeah, I kept looking. I was like, Randy Brown. Right? I was like, are they saying Randy, Sandy, something? I was like, and I kept looking. The only Randy Brown I can find is a dude, and he's a country singer. Shocker. This woman, by the way, has a horrible voice. Well, she, it's not the worst. I'll say that. 
but who the hell heard her sing? It was like, you know what? That we need it on the show. <laughs> I'm going to assume Dusty because I know all the comments you and I made. Uh, Dusty was booking at this time. He booked the show as admitted by uh, Tony Schiavone. He said, yep, this was Dusty. Uh, I think he's literally just back in WCW too. We're talking a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, because he said this was a, a, a brainchild of uh, Dusty Rhodes. He liked the, the Super Brawl name. Uh, but Conrad was under hey, this the This is 91, same. never mind. 91? Yeah. Oh, yep. He's been back for a year. Sorry. Well, this was uh, – Conrad Thompson said he was on, under the same impression of, as you, where he's like, well, it sounds like Super Bowl. and you know, so, But it's like it's in May. You think it would be around Super Bowl time, but which it would be eventually. But I think they realize that, you know. And they would turn this into Slamboree, I want to say, yeah. Yeah, I think this was Slamboree, yeah. Uh, yeah, because this was post-Spring uh, Stampede. It's the previous month, so yeah, it would be Slamboree. Your opening contest is for the vacant WCW United States Tag Team titles, because, you know, there are enough tag teams that we give a damn about in this company where you need two sets of tag belts. <laughs> The first team uh, is Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin with Diamond Dallas Page, good God, and Big Daddy Dink in their corner. Real name. Uh, he's Sir Oliver Humperdink, for all of you that don't know, and he's dressed like an effing biker. Because he wanted to get away, from, he wanted to keep the name Dink. I like that. Yeah, I, I'll say this, not to make reference, too many references to other podcasts, but... Uh, Conrad did ask Tony, he was like, so why the F was Oliver Humperdinck out here? He's like, oh, well, you know, he contributed a lot and all this other stuff. And he's like, yeah, but he's like, I mean, why is he here like with the Freebirds? Like, is he just like, is he just out there to look like a dick and whatever? And he's like, why is he at ringside? And he's like, pretty much to stand there and look like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, at least he admit it. Uh, but they were taking on the team of the Young hey, Pistols. Well, at least he admits it. He acts like he did it. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Uh, but they are taking on the team of the Young Pistols, which are Tracy and Steve. I assume the Young Guns was uh, trademarked in 91. Maybe I'm wrong. Young Guns. Uh, I feel like that's a show. It's a movie. Uh, okay, was that yeah. was that one with Emilio Estevez? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know when it came out, but regardless. Uh, this one went just shy of ten and a half minutes. You know, I'm waiting for Steve and Tracy to finally get their last names and then change from cowboys to Confederate soldiers. Oh, man, I wonder how that would fly today, huh? Yeah, it's, it's coming. I like how they were like, cowboys, hmm, it's not southern enough. We're going to call you the southern boys, and we're going to dress you up like Confederate soldiers. <sighs> they eventually did get their, because I was like, oh, it's Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong. No, 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 just Tracy and Steve. That is it. Yeah, so, so for everybody crapping on Vince for the last name thing, he didn't start yeah. it. Clearly. No. Right. He just made it worse. But he didn't start it. Look, I will say, if I have to say one thing about this team, their mullets are top Hell notch. Yes. That was one of my first Hell notes. Yeah. Like, you better say it. <laughs> yeah, that, those freaking mullets, in. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're good, good stuff, man. But Dink gets involved, not the clown Dink, Big Daddy Dink. He gets involved. Good. Real and- name. <laughs> <laughs> He gets involved, and Brad Armstrong comes out to stop him. Dink then gets kicked out of ringside by the referee. In the end, the referee gets bumped, and a guy in a bird suit named Fantasia 
who was Brad Armstrong again. So he literally interfered for the Young Pistols, went to the back, got in his gimmick, came out and attacked the Young Pistols, DDTing them both off the second rope, leading to a pinfall win for the Freebirds. I will say WCW is clearly trying to build up the Young Pistols, trying to make them look good and get over, yeah. uh, even in a loss. So cool on them. I think Jimmy Garvin sucked here. I, I shouldn't say sucked. He wasn't great here. And again, I was never a big Jimmy Garvin fan. I was going to say, I don't think he's ever been great, dude. Sorry. No, I've fans, never. But... Yeah. I, he's he's the, the guy that became a free bird when Terry Gordy and uh, Buddy Rose. Yeah. Or, yeah, Buddy Rose. No, no, they, that's. Wait, what's it, Buddy Rose? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, when they took off, he was like, well, we got to keep this thing going. Dude, dude, dude. Come on, Jimmy Jam. <laughs> But uh, well, they were just sitting around and catering as he walked by. Hey, he'll do. I guess he used to ride with them. So they were like, hey, y'all ready in the car. Right. But uh, Uncle Dave said, quote, people just don't like the pistols, even though they come off as very likable on TV. He gave this three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half stars. What say you? I th- Wow. Three. <laughs> I gave it yeah. two. Uh, it was not bad, but no. It was average. There was a bump that Jimmy Garvin took over the top rope where he was supposed to be brought in the hard way, and he, like, lightly fell over and landed on his butt. And I'm like, dude, like, what the hell? All right. Anyway, next match here, we get Ricky Morton, pre-Richard Morton. That's coming up. He is oh, taking on... Yeah, that, that gem. <laughs> He's taking on dangerous Danny Spivey in three minutes and 11 seconds. Holy crap. You know, all those names I sent you the other day where it's like, hey, man, all these people are on the show. And it was all their WWF gimmicks. I didn't even realize we got Wayla Mercy on the show, too. Hell, yeah. There you the go. The prelude to uh, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Spivey dominates this match, absolutely beating the crap out of Morton, making him look like a jobber. He finally wins with a falling powerbomb into a one-foot pin making Morton look like he has no balls. Uncle Dave thought the humiliation of Morton was a little much, but the logic is that he's turning soon, so he'll uh, he'll be a new character soon anyways, so who cares? He gave it one and a quarter star. I gave it one. I don't know how you can give it more than that. Let's say you. I was begging for it to be over with one star. <laughs> and I, I was... love the Rock and Roll Express, by the way. I need to point that out. Yeah, and I'm not sitting here like a huge Ricky Morton fan or anything, but I'm like, what are you doing to Ricky? Like, hot damn. Like, who was like, man, we need to get over Dan, uh, Danny Spivey's hard. I think Gibson was hurt, and they yeah, wanted to well, run with bits. So. He, he was, yeah. This is why they did the singles thing for Ricky, but damn. Either yeah. way. He uh, rebounded. Next. He rebounded. They did fine, so it's okay. Yeah. They're still wrestling, as far as I know. Ah, I seen them last year before the world ended. <laughs> yeah, right, before the snap. Uh, Tony Schiavone is on the ramp interviewing Tom Zank and Missy Hyatt. Uh, excuse the... me, that's not his name. Is he just the Z-Man right well, here? I, I he... It doesn't matter. He's always the Z-Man. That, you get it right, yeah, right damn well, it. For... <laughs> well, either way, he's... <laughs> My God. He's with, he's with the Z-Man, Tom Zank, and Missy Hyatt. One of these men gives uh, Tony Schiavone a semi, and the other one is Missy Hyatt. 
Wow. Um, if you don't believe me, listen to his podcast. Yeah. He goes on about Tom Zink and how beautiful that man was. But anyway. Dude, he was going to be the next Hulk Hogan. No, wrong, Greg. That was uh, Tom McGee. Tan- Tom Man-Ass McGee. Oh, he was going to be too, though. Oh, we're both of that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Who the hell talked to Tom Zink for more than five minutes and was like, yep, you're going to be a top guy? Look, but, I, I'm going to just be honest with you. I, I liked it when I was a kid. I did. Hey, he had a great look. He was not like bad this, in the ring. He had, a, he had an interesting song. I, I think it was like a robot song because they all were, but I remember yeah. the song. I just, I'd have to check it out. I, 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 I didn't don't hate remember. him. I was, I, yeah, the Z-Man. Anyway. I mean, I know he's got some issues with people, but I don't, I don't know. Well, he's wrestling, passed I, away. I like he is, yeah. I should say okay. he had issues, but uh, right. I liked him, though. I don't know. There's something about him. I mean, if you... This you know is, me well enough that I just liked the baby faces when I was a kid, but... Right. Yeah. Well, this is... I mean, if you want a case of, you know, wanting to see that a guy kept his job solely on looks, this is, you know, exhibit A. And he wasn't a bad wrestler, but, I mean, he had an amazing look. Either way, uh, Zank talks about being excited to be there, and then we see footage from Wrestle War 91 where Missy Hyatt came into the men's dressing room for interviews... And Stan Hansen goes off on her, spitting tobacco all over her after after results of a supposed poll are shown or well, not shown, but read by Tony Giovanni that say that Missy should try again. She says that she will be the first woman to interview a wrestler in their locker room tonight. <laughs> We're yeah. going to avoid all these obvious jokes, right? <laughs> well, we'll get to them, but. This was during a time, and, I'm, and again, I know you you were too young at this point, but uh, it was brought up by Conrad. I guess there was a woman reporter in the NFL that there was, they were going to try something like this. There was a big controversy going on. So uh, he thinks WCW is trying to cash in on that, which it very likely could have been. But I don't know. Either way. WWE kind of did a parody, remember, when with, um, I think it was Nicolette Sheridan. And Terrell Owens did something on Monday Night Football, and then Raw did it with Shelton Benjamin and Trish Stratus. Do you remember that? Uh, no, I don't. Wow. Yeah. Either way, up next, uh, we get Tommy Wildfire Rich versus Nikita Koloff in about four and a half minutes. When I saw Tommy Rich, I knew we were in for a mediocre effort. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've never seen a match of his. Like, people can say whatever the F they want about him. He was boring and bland and about it. He was I he looked like white and pale and pasty and his matches were also pale, pasty and milk toast. Oh, man. I don't know. How do you really feel about this man? <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. That's all I'll say. Anyway, his nickname alone screams awesome, though, dude. Yeah. Wildfire. Hey, keep him out of California. Koloff wins oh, randomly. Yeah, please, we're done with those crap. Koloff wins with a random Russian sickle out of nowhere. While this was better than I expected, it was still just good, not great. Uncle Dave gave it a star. I gave it two. What say you? I'll give it two. I didn't get put to sleep. I will say this. This is one of the best Tommy Rich matches I've ever seen. Good Lord, man, that covers a lot of ground. That's faint praise, but, you know, it's uh, it's there. Hey, he's a former NWA champion, okay? And they beat that home on commentary. 
Yeah. Gotta get him over. Gotta get him over, man. Get over. That's like when uh, Jack Swagger, now Jake Hager in AEW, for those that uh, haven't been watching wrestling very long. Uh, that sort that, of thing. Yeah, that's like when he would job every week on Raw, and they're like, this is a former world champion. It's like, shut the F up. Like, All you're doing is hurting the credibility of that title. So I know. Or like Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> when Dolph Ziggler comes back to get his ass beat, you know, once every couple of months, it's like, Oh, he's a former world champion. Like, yeah, because that means something right now, first right? First one, he lost it after, or first one, yeah, he lost it in two hours, and the second one, he got hurt and was forced to give it up. So, yeah. really want to talk about that? Right. But we go back to Tony Schiavone on the ramp to interview the debuting Johnny B. Bad and his manager, Theodore Long. Long says that he's here. First of all, Johnny B. Bad is the debuting new character. He clearly wants to say some things. He probably shouldn't, but he wants to. And Theodore Long keeps telling him, hush, ba- hush baby, I got this. And he keeps going on. I'm like, damn, dude, let him talk. But anyway, Long says that he's here to make sure that Ron Simmons is taken out and that uh, PN News is embarrassed by Johnny B. Bad. You know, because PN News should be embarrassed by PN News. If he's not, he should be. <laughs> But uh, bad. Johnny finishes by saying, I'm so pretty, I should have been born a little girl. <laughs> what the uh, F does that even mean? <laughs> There's like all uh, kinds of creepiness going on in there. There's like a couple levels of creepiness. Yeah, and he says it just like that, by the way. If you think I'm like exaggerating and making it weirder, no, that's how he said it. And then he keeps saying, I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man. It's like, cool. It gets. <laughs> And then we go to Dusty Rhodes, who made this character, and he's putting it over like it's great. Wouldn't you? <laughs> he, yeah, after seeing it, I would have been like, damn it, I regret my decision. What the I will hell say, have I done? I will say, he gets much better, especially when he turns babyface. A lot of people hate on it. You and I talked about we liked it. Uh, I liked it way better than anything he did in WWF. I know you like the wild man character, but I enjoyed Johnny B. Bad. I don't know. I, I think I'm in a very I always thought small he was kind of, I always thought he was kind of an underrated wrestler, too, honestly. Oh, yeah. He was he was really good, and he was, uh, you know, for that, I mean, he had muscles on muscles, and he was doing, like, flip-flop and flying stuff, man. Like, him and Brian Pillman. Nuts. Anyway, uh, up next, we get The Natural, Dustin Rhodes, taking on the computerized man, Terrence Taylor. Oh, God, yes. That theme, by the way. (laughs) With Alexandra York and Mr. Hughes in his corner. This went about eight minutes. (laughs) At one point, Dustin hits the bulldog on Taylor, but York, by the way, is Dustin's future uh, (laughs) ex-wife, Terry Ronalds. You could have worded that a little better. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was, yeah. Either way, but York distracts the referee, preventing the pinfall. Mr. Hughes grabs Dustin, letting Taylor hit him. Then Hughes pulls out a loaded black glove and puts it on his fist. Dustin moves, though, and Hughes punches Taylor and knocks him out. And then Dustin punches Hughes off the apron. This allows Dustin to pin Taylor for the win. Oh, man. Uncle Dave said that uh, Taylor checked the computer and it told him, quote, you don't have a prayer in this match unless the company changes bookers. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. You know what? Every so often he gets one. And then it told him, quote, if you screw up one more spot with a booker's son, you'll be wearing your hair in a rooster style again. 
<laughs> oh man! For those that don't good get hard, that's good. For those that don't get it, the whole thing with the York Foundation was Alexander York carried around this little. Uh, it was like a laptop, tablet-looking thing. I don't know. I'm and, pretty sure that was a legit laptop back in the day. Yeah, it probably was. And nobody knew in 91, really, how the hell personal computers worked. They didn't work like this, but, you know, whatever. And supposedly she had a program where you input the stats of your opponent, and it would give you a strategy on how to beat them. Yeah. <sighs> These are words that I am saying right now. And not forgot, one of them is false. I forgot to mention, by the way, his entrance, Terrence Taylor's, by the way, uh, his entrance was they, they had uh, guys in suits lining the top of the ramp, clapping for him as he walked through. That was supposed to be the board members of the York Foundation. <sighs> where do you find? I don't know why you're giggling at that, but <laughs> where do you find random board members to stand up and clap for you, Greg? Uh, the board members are us. All right. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, Uncle Dave and I both gave this two stars. It, uh, yeah, what say you? I gave it two as well, and I was also reminded that Terry Taylor is not a bad wrestler. No, he's not. I, I, I think everyone lo- goes right at the Red Rooster thing. Oh, it was stupid. Yes, it was stupid. How does that make him bad? I never understood right. people's logic with that. Yeah, and yeah, I don't care what the hell Bruce Pritchard says. How could that not be a rib on him? Yeah. Uh, who? Who the hell thinks that could ever get over? And his, I, I don't, I, I do not. See him as a cockatoodle do, pal. I don't buy that, you know, his, his thing is always, and JR has said this too. They're like, well, why would we sign somebody for all this money just to crap on him? It's like, uh, because, because you can? <laughs> yeah, it's like, because you need guys to fill out the roster. He doesn't mind being a joke. And the other guy now doesn't have them. Like, we, there's many reasons for that. And because you're, you're a-holes that like tickling yourselves. I don't know. Oh, that reminds <laughs> me. I'll be right back. Never mind. Wow. But yeah, I always loved take, uh, Terry Taylor. I, I always thought he was a really good wrestler, very underrated. I think he buried himself. Well, if what Bishop says is true, and I don't know if it is or not, but he was the stooge. <laughs> he was a stooge, yeah. And he admitted himself. He said uh, he, you know shot off his mouth he thought he was being a smart ass and he was being funny and other people took it as he was being disrespectful and yeah and he would run to the dirt sheets so that they'd put him over in their new little newsletters so there you go well, that didn't work out too well well they i mean well this time no <laughs> uh, but if you read his like the later stuff it was like well terry taylor was doing a great job backstage but you know that damn bischoff it's like who the hell is feeding you this well, I know who's feeding you this because, I mean, who the hell else would say that? Uh, Jim Ross tells us that Big Josh is walking uh. two bears to the ring with him for the upcoming match against Black Bart. Uh, oh, Black man. Bart. This is, step- uh, this is the one where I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to watch this. Yep. <laughs> uh, Bart stepped up to replace Larry Zabisco in this match after Larry didn't recover quickly enough from a knee injury. Yeah, because that's a suitable replacement. We can't get Larry Zabisco. Who else have you got? Uh, Black Bart? Sure, throw him in there. Whatever, just make Big Josh look really strong. Were you the one that was texting me? He looked like, uh, Black Bart looked like somebody's uncle? Yes. Who who was it? He looks like, I just said it was like every uncle will ever, oh, oh, no, sorry, um, uh, 
Cameron Grimes. Like, yeah, Cameron Grimes. It yeah. was between him and Outlaw Ron Bass, though. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Black Bart was just, uh, man, he had some, uh, he, like, he was always there. And that's really all you could say about him. Like, he was there. Okay. But this next, match, this next match is Black Bart versus Big Josh. It went just under three, or excuse me, just under four minutes. Uh, before I, you go on, by the way, can we acknowledge who Big Josh is? He is Matt Bourne, the okay. future, <laughs> the first Doink the Clown. He is now, the <laughs> most famous so, of the Doinks. Going back to what you just said about Terry Taylor, why would you buy or get someone if you're going to bury him? <laughs> <laughs> this I'll actually say uh, I don't think anybody could have pulled off Doink like Matt did. I thought he did a fantastic job with that character. And I, I, I'm not hating on it. I just think that clearly, come on, dude, he's a clown. He is, but uh, I think I mean I want to say what the hell else are you gonna do with this guy? He's going from this. Okay, I, I don't. I'm not gonna argue that. I'm just saying he's a freaking clown. <laughs> Yeah, he is. But at first, if anybody remembers, he didn't come in as like the doink, like the ha ha, hi, kids, whatever. He came in as like the psycho clown where he would like act all happy and whatever. And then he would just stare into the camera like almost like Pennywise. A prelude prelude to Hugh Morris. Yeah, right. Yeah, but all right. First note here, I said Black Bart versus Big F and Josh. Shut up and take my F and money. Literally my exact my exact note. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Oh, uh, Big Josh walks two muzzled bears to the ring by chains while one of them pisses all the way down the ramp. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up, folks. Uh, so the ramp now has bear piss on it through the rest of the night. Remember that. <sighs> and then he has their trainer walk them right to the back because you can't have bears at ringside with you. Oh, those kids uh, in the audience. Yeah, they, they might kill somebody for real. Uh, do you think those were shoot bears or work working bears? Yeah, you've seen their teeth. They were actually shoot bears. I'm going with that. Yeah, those were shooting bears right there. The competition starts before the bell as Black Bart and Big Josh compete over who has the most honky theme song of the night. <laughs> I swear to God. Keep mind, we've, already, we've already seen music. the Young Pistols, by the way. Keep that in mind. I know. Well, they came out to, like, some cool, like, southern rock, whatever. These guys came out to, like, freaking banjo music. I was like, hot damn. I can see, like, I after this, I can see, like, Black Bart's like, I don't like the name. I don't like the word black in my name. Like, Holy crap. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just, like, damn, dude. <sighs> Either way. I mean... I'm wrong to around this, but I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, but Big Josh dominates and gets the, the win off of a running sit down on Bart's chest. Basically the whoopee cushion. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it a star. Uh, I don't know. What do, you, what do you say? I gave it five stars. I guess what? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because of the pears. <laughs> that would be the reason. No, yeah. I hated it. <laughs> give it one star. And then they don't play Big Josh's theme. He sits there for a second, and then he looks at the camera and is like, I'm going to go now. Bye. And then he gets up and walks off. <laughs> so you know what? Just get the hell out of here. Please. This was Just so awkward. 
like, what the frick, man? And you look at him, he was built. Like, he was effing built. I'll say that. Yeah. But that big Josh. Damn. Uh, you know, he was good, man. He was big. <laughs> Paulie dangerously comes to the ring in a cowboy hat. My God. And, and the, he's announced as the one true cowboy in Florida. In this edition of the Danger Zone, Dangerously Calls the New Yorker, right? Yeah, he is. <laughs> dangerously calls out Stan Hansen and tells him how much he loves him. Hansen yells at him for pretending to be a cowboy, spitting tobacco all over. He basically challenges Dustin Rhodes to a match and then leaves. I guess he didn't watch the show so far because Dustin already wrestled. Paul then puts over the horsemen that are uh, wrestling later tonight. Why has it always been a thing for Heyman's mic to cut out during promos, by the way? Well, maybe they thought it was just spout off at the mouth. Yeah, right. Like, is is that just like an ongoing thing? They're like, crap, Paulie's about to talk. Cut his mic out. Maybe they couldn't afford a seven-second delay back then. Yeah. All right. We're going to get into this. A giant... What a, what a way to lead in. <laughs> a giant castle is on the stage... <laughs> which I swear they would use later for the White Castle of Fear. Uh, green lights come on, and smoke fills the ramp. We hear Kevin Sullivan say on a hot mic, tell me when. <laughs> I um, did not hear that. Yeah. If you go back and watch, they, like uh, they're starting the eerie music and the smoke, then you'll just hear, tell me when. <laughs> it's real quick. But then Sullivan, you don't know it's Sullivan. But because he's in a big, big wizard mask with a cloak on, and he's got a monkey in a diaper on his shoulder. I, I still maintain that people calling Vince the silliest crap in '95 was the stupidest ever. I would like to watch this, by the way. Yep. Well, he's walking down the ramp, shouting, "Welcome to Oz! Welcome to Oz!" over and over, and he leads Dorothy, yeah. the coward, cowardly lion, the scarecrow, and the Tin Man up the ramp. You did not misspeak, by the way. I, I'm not making any of this up. I'm just like <laughs> Kevin Sullivan dressed as a wizard with a, mi- a monkey and a diaper on his shoulder, leading the cast of the Wizard of Oz down a ramp to a giant castle on the stage. This is all happening. <sighs> <sighs> and then, <laughs> oh my god! A giant it's man. A made up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does. If you if I hadn't seen this, I would have called you a liar. But there's a giant man on stage with his back to them, and he turns around to say, I will show you who Oz really is. He's also wearing a wizard mask and a green wizard hat and a green cape. Pyro goes off, electric guitar music kicks in, and the man walks to the ring with the wizard, and he disrobes to reveal that he's Kevin Nash with silver hair. I got to really ask. I'm not even trying to be funny. Was he dying his hair at this point? Or was that like hit? Because he dyed it silver. It looked, it looked really natural. Look at his eyebrows. Those are <laughs> oh, that's dye job. Uh, yeah, no, he he dyed it silver. He said he 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 had a struggle just getting this hair because he was a master blaster like two weeks before this. And they were having him shave the sides of his head. Oh, God. And people have the nerve to talk crap about this guy for when he, what he did with Taoli. It's like, you know what? I quit the business. I'm done. And it shows up on Raw like a couple days later. Like, wouldn't you? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm was... a Nash fan, so maybe I'm biased in defending him. But, dude, come on, man. 
<laughs> I like how Vinny Vegas was it. He was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I will say this was a really cool spectacle, but it was corny. I liked, I liked the was, stupid entrance. Yeah, it was it was, it was something. But this was Oz with the Wizard versus Tim Parker. Who's Tim Parker? Who the F cares? It went about a half a minute. Oz does a spinning release crucifix bomb, which I guess was like a tornado, you know, twister, uh, followed by a one-foot pin for the quick win. Uncle Dave said about the Oz entrance that it was, quote, one of the most embarrassing moments I've had in, my, in this lifetime when it came to rationalizing being a wrestling fan, end quote. Speaking of the entrance, he said the arena smelled like sulfur for the rest of the night. Mmm, <laughs> mm, sulfur. Uh, he gave it negative three stars. I gave it. I gave it a dud because I like he hit a couple of moves and that was it. Yeah, I was even tempted to just give this none. I don't like giving a match none if it's a real match, but yeah, I it never like three it felt like it felt like it never started. <laughs> Yeah, nah. If you go he, back and watch, you're like, wait, is it going? I... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this was... Oh, God, I don't even know. Let's move on. All right, uh, hold on. I'm going to give you a fair warning, okay? Okay. There's something, there's something Conrad says that I think applies here. This is horseshit booked on acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it... Uh, oh, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> It was definitely something. <sighs> anyway. Uh, Again, I like to challenge uh, 1995 as the worst year in wrestling. <laughs> this, yeah, this was giving it a run for its money. Missy Hyatt's backstage now, walking into the men's locker room, acting like a complete moron, asking for interviews. Asking. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave that one alone. She asks Terrence Taylor what he thinks about losing to Dustin Rhodes, and Terrence tells her to get lost. Missy asks if the Z-Man is in the shower and says that she's going to get an interview with him in the shower. Oh, God. Uh, Let's keep it PG, all right? Yeah. <laughs> well, allegedly, she got a, a more than just an interview in the shower with uh, Scott Putsky later on, but that's beside the point. Uh, Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. Just saying that. But Don't Missy, be, you're, now you're now you're telling people to go out of the way to look at smut. Yeah, well, either way. Uh, but instead, Stan Hansen pops out of the shower wearing his boxers and still has a mouthful of chew. He goes off on her again, and he paddles her with his cowboy hat before she leaves the locker room crying. <laughs> I got to say this right now. One of my first notes is he chews tobacco in the shower. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> this man is more chew than he is man. Oh, man. I, I've never seen someone fill their mouth with so much tobacco in my entire life. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? That's effing disgusting. <sighs> this this whole segment, like she's trying to come into the to the shower. She's all like, ooh, I'm going to interview a man in the shower. And then she gets paddled by a cowboy and sent out of the room. <laughs> this would never fly today. It wouldn't even like make it like you wouldn't even get the whole sentence out of your mouth before they're like get out right <laughs> no <laughs> just no yeah no. just no none of it get out pack your bags get the hell out or it's <sighs> like uh okay this is what we're gonna do 
okay, now that you're done playing, what are you really going to do? No, no, this is it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> get out. Get out. <laughs> That's, yeah. They're like, ah, that was funny. Anyway, let's get back to business. <laughs> <sighs> All right. This, uh, I'm going to say this about a few matches on this card. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Uh, I mean, do you think that applies here to this whole card? Not the whole card, because the Oz match was as good as I thought it was going to be. Okay, yeah, you, you're right. The, the Oz match <laughs> and the match after this uh, okay, yeah. met expectations. <laughs> but this next match is Flying Brian versus Barry Windham in a taped fist match. Both men were uh, horsemen at different times. It went for just over six minutes. Uh, this one turns into a brawl. I mean, it's a taped fist match, so, you know, go figure. Uh, but Windham gets busted open. Wyndham controls a lot of this match, makes Brian look good. Barry shows uh, Brian is busted open at one point too. I missed the point in like in which both of these guys actually got busted open, but he was bleeding pretty bad at one point. Uh, but Brian goes up top uh, uh, finally, and he gets low blowed after uh, Barry shoves the ref aside and uh, just freaking monster low blow, man. I, I felt bad for Brian in that moment. Uh, but then Barry hits a superplex for the win. Uncle Dave claims that the show is in the toilet at this point due to Oz, but this at least brought it back to the sink. <laughs> Whatever yeah. the hell that means. Uh, he thought it was a great match while it lasted, but way too short. Mm, I, I'll agree there. I mean, six minutes for Flying Brian and Barry Windham, I, I don't think that's enough time. But either way, he gave it he gave it three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it two, but uh, I was really shocked that the Brian Pillow match took me out of it like this did. Uh, yeah, I am usually like his match is usually the best. Anytime I'm watching a show and his match is on there, I'm like, oh, this is probably gonna be really good. Yeah. Going off that standard, I gotta say it like this: this sucked. Going yeah. off of that standard, so. Yeah, well, and Barry Windham, too. I mean, both of these guys are just oh, hell fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just really shocking that both of these guys are I mean, against each other. I see what you're saying, but I've seen bad Barry Windham matches before. Normally, Brian Pillman's are pretty a hit. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Yeah, this was uh, not good. <clears throat> it's like he's like Kurt Angle. I mean, he's, he's not as good as Kurt, obviously, but like, you know, it's no matter what, it's going to be decent, you know? Right. This one did yeah. not do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw these two on the card, and I thought it was going to contend for match of the night, but uh, I was wrong. Uh, next up here, we got Diamond Dallas Page. He is in uh, the Diamond Mine, which is his interview segment mm-hmm. where they put a couch on the stage. Oh. Um, what? Just thought of something. I forgot about this. I, I'm going to get off topic here for a second, but it's on topic. They're debuting... Diamond Mine stable on NXT at least the time of this recording. We haven't really? seen DDP in in, in uh in on Dynamite in a while. What he's hmm. coming back? Because they just introduced they just showed some uh again I type I'm recording spoiler record ahead a little bit but um yeah there, it was like a thing called the Diamond Mine and I forgot all about this and it just dawned on me. What if it's Simon Diamond? That was one of my thoughts honestly. <laughs> I was like, dude, maybe he's going to bring uh, Prime Time and, and David Young. You know, the diamonds in the rough. You're right. Uh, but anyways, just a thought. Just Yeah, right. But uh, Diamond Dallas Page, you can hear him say, are we live? I don't know if he was supposed to say that or not. Hey, we're live, pal. 
He's wearing the uh, Paula Abdul headset. He's but, uh, your girl, dude. <laughs> wow. He's got uh, two beautiful women with him. One of them is actually Michael P.S. Hayes' uh, ex-wife. So there you go. Anyway, uh, he sits down on the couch before talking trash, uh, talking about the opening tag match. He then sends it to a pre-taped interview with Sting and Lex Luger. Both deliver generic babyface promos about the Steiner brothers. And we now go back to DDP, who is trying to set the world record for how many times he can shout, good God, in one promo. He, he then I believe introduced... James Brown holds that record. Yeah. But he then introduces his new client, the Diamond Stud, who is Scott Hall. And he is jacked right here. The women then disrobe oh, him. Oh, I'm sorry. He was Scott Hall in NWA, right? Just yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, big Scott Hall. Yep. And he had a mustache. He was also Gator Scott Hall. Wow, were we just talking about Steve Kern? <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> anyway, the women disrobe the stud, and he flicks his toothpick at the camera. So he was uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, he had the he had the toothpick. He had the slick back hair. I mean, he was almost Razor Ramon here. <sighs> but we man, we got to get to the match of the night up next, man. Here we go. It's Sid Vicious versus El Gigante in the Battle of the Giants stretcher match. It went two minutes, 13 seconds. And you feel... I might argue it went too long. Yeah, because you feel every single second of this two minutes, 13 seconds. (laughs) I said, Sid Vicious versus El Gigante in a stretcher match. Asses in seats. (laughs) Higate oh, yeah. sells like a drunk man getting water thrown in his face. El Higate wins in a stretcher match by locking in a claw hold and pinning Sid. And then Sid gets right up and walks away. Word got out that if Sid had no showed, they wouldn't have released him from his contract until it actually expired on September 5th. So uh, Vince McMahon was very adamant about do the job and, uh, you know, come over and work for me. Yeah, you, you lost to El Gigante on pay-per-view, pal. What good are you to me now? God no, damn. that's false because he would sign El Gigante and yeah. Yeah, I like how Jr. put that. He was like, "Well, he signed him because you know he's like, well, them them damn uh, Southern country rubes. I'll show them. I can I can make something out of him, her. <laughs> and how'd that work out for him? Uncle Dave gave this. A negative star. I gave it negative three stars because it was an embarrassment to wrestling. What say you? I gave it one, but again, I flirted with zero. <laughs> this was like, this had to be negative because it's just like they pinned someone in a stretcher match. I I want to know like what on paper said, let's do this. I know. And who came and up I, with this audible? I hate talking bad about people who are no longer with us so, but like yeah i'm sorry he was not good he sucked i mean he absolutely sucked well then we get this after the match one man gang and kevin sullivan rush the ring after the match and get the worst looking beating of all time from el gigante gigante lays gang on the stretcher before sullivan throws powder in gigante's eyes and then gang hits him with the stretcher Higante barely sells any of this. He's up on his feet within seconds as the heels hightail it. <sighs> so uh, now, you know what, though? I, I can buy that, though. Yeah, it just it looked horrible. 
in I'm not every saying, way. I'm saying that you look good. I'm just saying I can buy that that part. So. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, this was, this was bad. Not something good. else. Bad. But up next, we get uh, something to kind of w- wash the taste of crap out of our mouths. Palate cleanser. <laughs> we get Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Ron Simmons in a, a steel cage match with Theodore Long suspended above the ring in a shark cage. This went just over nine and a half minutes. The thing was Doom just split up. Ron's trying to be the baby face. Uh, Hacksaw or Butch Reed, whatever, he's trying to be the the uh, heel with Teddy Long. I don't know if anybody really cared about this. I don't know. Simmons got busted open between getting thrown into the cage and Reed biting his head. Reed actually dominates a lot of this match, but Simmons is able to make a Superman-like comeback after a while. Teddy Long drops a chain into the ring because, you know, shark cages always work. Uh, But Butch picks it up, turns around, and Simmons hits the spine buster on him for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it two and a half stars. It was fine. Not great. What say you? It sucked. They gave it one. Looking back at it, this match should have been great because this was like, I thought it was supposed to be somewhat of a blow-off. This was another one of those matches that I said in my mind, this is going to be really good, and it wasn't. So, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I do take solace in knowing that Ron Simmons is being groomed for something really big and historic. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, Definitely. this sucked. <laughs> uh, and Butch Reed didn't really do much else, I don't think. So. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never cared for him. Sorry. Just, you know, I think he's, is he passed away too? Nah, he's alive. Uh, I thought he's he over recently, his F I in thought Florida. He, I thought he recently did for some reason, but I never he's saw anything in him. Work. I thought he was good. I thought he could have been better, but he kind of sabotaged himself a few times too. So, I don't know. Either way, uh... Yeah, I, I'm trying to see if you're right. I, I'm pretty sure he's still alive, but I'll tell you here in a quick second. We now get Jim Ross and Dusty Rhodes at the commentary table, putting over how great Sting and Lex Luger yeah, are. Yeah, he died this year. Sorry. Oh, In February. Wow. I thought so. I thought I remember hearing that. Yeah. I forgot. Wow. Mm. Really that's recently, sad. too. Yeah. Probably the most recent wrestling death. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Damn. Uh, I guess some relatives attributed his death to COVID-19 and said he tested positive around January 12th. So he had two heart attacks. Yeah, it sucks. But anyway, uh, Jim Ross and uh, Dusty Rose are putting over Sting and Luger, and and they have to beat their friends, the Steiner brothers, to be considered the best in the world. We now get a music video. This is something that would carry over a Nitro in 1995 and 6, by the way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Word for word, by the way. We want to be the best team, so we need to beat the Steiners, which on paper is not too far out there. They are one of the better tag teams ever, the Steiners, but you've already done this. Yep. uh, WCW carried stuff on for a long time. But uh, we get a music video showing highlights for Sting and Luger, mostly doing single stuff, and the Steiners beating up a bunch of other teams. They mixed in a ton of footage from Japan for the Steiners, too. And a little bit for Sting well, and Luger. Well, with the main there. event coming up, we know it's coming. You know why. Right. <laughs> but we now get the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, defending the NWA World Tag Team titles against Sting and Lex Luger. This went about 11 minutes. All of these men were super intense through this match. 
I was shocked, though, that Scott Steiner used a Tiger driver as a cutoff move. Uh, Luger charges at Rick Steiner and bumps the ref. Then Nikita Koloff runs down to the ring with a chain wrapped around his arm. Sting shoves Luger out of the way, and he gets cracked by Koloff in the chain, busting him open. The Steiners pin Sting for the win. Uncle Dave gave this four and a half stars. I only gave it three and a half stars, but I did love this match. Probably one of my... It's my second favorite of the night. What say you? My absolute favorite of the night. I gave it four stars as well. I can't believe I grew that idiot, but <laughs> I do. I think this is yeah. this was a great tag match. Steen and Luger looked really damn good here. Not that they didn't ever look good, but it just, yeah, it worked. It was great. I liked it. Now Tony Schiavone is backstage with Nikita Koloff, who says that Sting was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sting runs like hell to the back and jumps Nikita, brawling with him into the parking lot, which didn't usually happen a lot back in those days. So that was cool and different. But now we get uh, the second of three title matches in a row here of the night. It is Arn Anderson defending the world television title against beautiful Bobby Eaton. Jim Cornette and sweet Stan Lane were gone at this point. They'd quit and went home. So it is now just beautiful Bobby all by his lonesome. It went just shy of 12 minutes. It's cool to think that these two are really close friends in real life. And now they're wrestling each other for a title on pay-per-view. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Uh, at one point, Anderson does the rocket launcher to Bobby, throwing him onto the ramp outside of the ring, right into the bear piss and the powder. <laughs> The bear pit. <laughs> uh, folks, we're all about that on this show. And clearly... Yep. Oh, you can see it, too. It's still there. Towards the end, Barry Windham comes down to interfere. You think it's going to be an F to finish, but no. Flying Brian runs down, and he stops him, and they brawl to the back. Bobby Eaton hits the Alabama Jam onto Anderson for the win and gets the TV title. It's his first ever singles championship. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter star. I gave it an even three stars. What say you? I gave it three as well. Really liked it. Honestly, it was weird because like that last match was really great, but this was actually one of my favorites of the night. Even though the last really match good. Was, that, that makes sense, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good for different reasons. Um, it's not going to be in a in like oh my favorite matches kind of category but it was it was good i enjoyed watching it so people forget too the beautiful bobby was an amazing wrestler hell yeah he was and this proved he could hang solo so he didn't need uh dennis condry or sweet stand with him <laughs> but he would become the earl of eaton one day <sighs> yeah I have to point that out I have to point that out okay <laughs> <laughs> gotta love that but backstage, Tony Schiavone is standing in front of uh, the locker room for Tatsumi Fujinami. Uh, Shivani finally gets Hiro Matsuda to give him a comment, who simply says, we're going to bring the belt back to Japan, back home with us. Championship, pal. <laughs> and they march to the ring. It's funny that he goes out with him, but he doesn't go to the ring with Fujinami. So anyway, but we're going to take a, our second to last break. When we come back, we're going to get into the main event right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. And now, during the Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep, all Tempur-Pedic mattresses are on sale, with savings up to $500 on adjustable sets. Get your best sleep, all night, every night. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. It is the main event of the evening. It is the Nature Boy Ric Flair versus Tatsumi, the Dragon Fujinami. It's billed as for the NWA and WCW World Heavyweight titles. Look, Fujinami was the IWGP champion over in New Japan. Ric Flair went over with the big gold. At the time, there, there was some, you know, splitting between NWA and WCW. Some. He, yeah. <laughs> well, he he lost to Fujinami uh, clean, and then and so Fujinami became the NWA champion. But then WCW said, no, 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 he's disqualified because he threw Rick over the top rope. So we're bringing the big gold back home with us. So Rick was the WCW champion. So, yeah, it just didn't make any sense. It was stupid. I don't know. It made total sense to me. Yeah. But this went just about 18 and a half minutes. Tatsumi comes out with, like, geisha girls, basically, spreading flowers all down the, the ramp to cover up the bear piss. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I had to get one more mention. Uh, Ric Flair comes out with a... On either side of him is, like, a beautiful woman, a maid, a chef, and a butler. He takes off his Rolex. Sounds like the worst gimmick ever. Yeah. (laughs) He takes off his Rolex, and he puts it on a silver tray that was held by the butler, and then he walks to the ring. Anyway. The butler did it. (laughs) With the Rolex watch. (laughs) Ric Flair's theme is dubbed on Peacock. Did you notice that? Was it? Yeah, this was not Ric Flair's theme. It was some weird ripoff, whatever. Unless this night he came out to another. Was this the just... WWE remix of it? No, it was some. I was right. like, I gotta go back and watch this. I missed it. It sounded really weird. I was. It sounded like uh, somebody was trying to rip off the song and did a bad job at it. But I, I don't know. 
Uh, it's funny to note that Bill Alfonso is one of the referees for this one, and he's going to call it right down the middle, Daddy. He is the outside referee, while the inside referee is Tiger Hattori from Japan. These guys are slap happy throughout this one, just pounding the crap out of each other. Flair gets busted open at one point because it's a big match, so Flair must bleed. Hogan must pose. Flair must bleed. Hey, dude, uh, everyone's got their rules. Yep. Uh, in the end, Fujinami gets an O'Connor roll on Flair. Flair kicks him off into Tiger Hattori, knocking him down. Then Flair rolls him up with a schoolboy while holding onto the tights, and Alfonso slides in to make the three count for the win. This would be uh, Bill Alfonso's gimmick for the rest of his refereeing career. <laughs> it was screwed up finishes. Dave Meltzer gave it three and three quarters of star, and I just gave it an even four. I kind of dug this. What say you? Gave it three. I just feel like there was something missing the whole time. I went back and forth. I was like three and a half, four. I don't know. My thing was, I thought it was a really good match, but uh, the story was lacking. And story always brings me more into the match, you know? Yep. Something else that was pointed out that I didn't even think about, the flag that they used. Because, like, uh, if you look at, the like, the poster, there's Ric Flair with the American flag behind him and Fujinami with the Japanese flag behind him. They're using the old imperial Japanese flag from, like, World War II. Ah, that's an era I thought they would try to forget. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look, I know it looks cooler because the Japanese flag is just uh, white with a red dot in the center. But, yeah, it's like, eh, maybe you shouldn't have used that one. <laughs> that one. <sighs> but Tatsumi Fujinami and Tiger Hattori are very unhappy after this match, yelling and waving their arms. Fujinami's chest is purple from being beaten. Uh, this would be Ric Flair's last WCW pay-per-view appearance for two years. It's hard to believe. I know. Yeah, WCW without Ric Flair just doesn't even seem right. And this, he won the big gold here, and he would take it with him this summer to the WWE because he had to put down it back in the day. You had The champion had to put a deposit on the belt, and he said, well, I want my money back. And I will give you the belt. And Jim Hurd told him to pound salt. And he said, okay, my belt. And he took it with him. So there you go. I mean, apparently somebody didn't get the message on how deposits work. So, Yeah, it's like, uh, I give you your belt. You give me my money. And I leave. And Jim Hurd's like, god dang it, we can't give him his god dang money back. He needs to be, he needs to shave his head and wear an earring and be Spartacus. That might be worse than the Mastodon. <laughs> it might be, yeah. <laughs> the Mastodon, I feel like they could have maybe had work, but uh, yeah, no, not this. And Ric Flair had short hair at this point because of Jim effing Hurd, so there you go. But we're going to take our final break of the podcast. When we come back, we're going to get into the final ratings and tell you what's to come next week. We'll be right back. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. 
Fubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Fubo TV offers 100 channels, live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming and 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Fubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want, when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Fubo TV is a sponsor of the main event marks and unhinged sports network. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, final ratings time. IMDB Internet Movie Database gave it 6.7 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.35 out of 10. I gave it 7 out of 10 for like a, I don't know, it's like a C minus. What say you? I think I'm right there with you. I gave it a C minus. Not bad, but nothing there was, that you need to experience. There was a lot of goofy stuff on the show. A lot of like the beginnings of, oh man, that's going to be something later on down the line. Not necessarily in WCW, but, you know, in the wrestling hemisphere. And there's, I don't know, the the good stuff on the show even, I felt was just lacking. Like you and I talked about, it's like there was something missing from almost every one of these matches. I will say I disagreed vehemently with uh, Conrad Thompson, hated that uh, Sting and Luger versus Steiner Brothers match because he said the, the finish ruined it for him. I... I didn't hate it. I mean, I, oh, yeah, I really like. I really loved it. I mean, I would have liked the clean finish, but I didn't hate what they did. I didn't, I didn't think it was like horrible. And you didn't have a string of, you know, interference finishes on the show. So I don't know. It didn't bother me. But either way, that uh, that wraps it up for Super Brawl one for May of 1991. Next week, uh, this was the 30 year anniversary of it, by the way. So. There you go, looking at where we were 30 years ago. Yikes. But next week, on May 12th, we are going to be going back to the WWF in the year 1996. Last week, we just reviewed In Your House 7, Good Friends, Better Enemies. Next week, we are reviewing the event directly after that. It's In Your House 8, Beware of Dog, for its 25-year anniversary. Part 1 and 2. <laughs> yes, and if they edit it in a way on Peacock, uh, I didn't watch it when it was on WWE Network, so it might have been the same exact edit. But they uh, cut off after a certain point because the power went out, and they bring you back in with a, what was the main event, and then they roll right into night two after that. And uh, yeah, yeah. I it was on the original. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it makes sense. It's in chronological order from when it actually happened, and some things got changed. Uh, because there was Beware of Dog, Night 1, power went out, no generator. Uh, they had 
low power generators. So the light, the ring was dimly lit and you can see clips of it. And you, well, I say you can see them. You barely see it. Yeah. You can barely see anything. They recorded it all, uh, but they decided to not use that footage because it sucked. So they just sucked. Yeah. So there's that. And um, so they just had raw the next night, changed some stuff, told you, you know, uh, hey, we're doing a replay tomorrow night or a a redo, a mulligan. And uh, yeah, so and Tuesday was Beware of Dog night two. Uh, completely different announcers, uh, completely different main event. They just redid a handful of matches, the ones that were in the dark, and there you go. But that is the one and only WWF pay-per-view that was ever like that. That is coming up next week. Fate 19th, we're going back to the King NWA. Day. Yeah, we're going back to the NWA. We're going one year behind this one, though. It's NWA Capital Combat 1990. It was the return of RoboCop. Aw, yeah. Um, it's nostalgic. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's something. I still got to watch it. I've never seen it before. I feel like I'm cruising for a bruising. That's all I got to say. But that is what's to come on the show for the next couple of weeks. Uh, thank you for joining me again, Greg. <laughs> and we'll see you all next week with In Your House 8 Beware of Dolls. You'll never believe it. I mean, I hardly could. Kohl's has epic deals right now, and they're going to make for an epic 4th of July. I got the cutest $6.99 Americana tees, $19.99 Tech Gear shorts for me, and Toastmaster kitchen gadgets for less than 10 bucks. I even got Kohl's cash and picked up my order in less than an hour. So yeah, cue the fireworks, because these savings are definitely worth celebrating. Select style sale ends July 4th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 